This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. We have a couple of our, our favorites and one of our favorite books or series of books that we're going to be talking to today. So we've got that best-selling author, Squire Rushnell and uh, Louise Duarte on, and we're going to talk about the latest book, Dog Winks. Now, this is part of the uh, God Winks series, which is just fabulous. Definitely one of my one of my all-time favorite books. So I'm going to be uh, looking forward to chatting with them a little bit about the uh, latest book, Dog Winks. Talk about uh, how it's going to expand into some maybe some magic on uh, your uh, television or streaming services. So we'll leave that as a little teaser, and then uh, just talk a little bit about the uh, writing styles and how it compares to some of the other great work they've uh, done through the years. So it's always going to be uh, it's going to be fun, exciting. I'm looking forward to it. So everybody, hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join us now is uh, best-selling authors of the Godwink series, Squire Rushnell and Louise Duarte. Welcome to the show, or welcome back. I think it's been a little while. Hello, Tim. Hey, great to be here. Even though our last names are different, we are married, Squire and Louise. So as I said, we're called Squeeze. Yes, we're married in love. Yes. <laughs> there you go. We're with each other. That's right. That's okay. We'll work on that. That's right. Yeah, it's it's good to be mad Uh, and in love. So that's good. So that's great. That's great. And you know, obviously, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the wonderful, wonderful careers you guys have had and how it ties into this book. But I'm excited about this one. It's uh, it's part of the Godwink series. The latest is called Dog Winks: True Godwink Stories of Dogs and Their Blessings They Bring. So tell us a little bit about this book, how it wraps into the uh, Godwink series, and then uh, maybe I'll pick your brain about maybe one of the favorites, if you can, one of the favorite stories in the book. Sure. Well, a dog wink is a, a God wink story, a true God wink story with a dog right at the center of it. And so, so you might say, what is a God wink? Well, a God wink is a new word in the language. It's been in the language for since our first book came out 20 years ago, When God Winks. And a God wink is one of those things that happens to everybody. You think you'd want to call it a coincidence, but you know it isn't a coincidence. And you know that it comes from divine origin. And so that word filled a vacancy in the language. It's been going into the language. We've been filling up, uh, this is the 12th book, with great stories, all true stories, and three Hallmark movies. And now our first Netflix movie is coming over the hill. And so it's coming over. 
the hell with the dog wink. The series, I mean, it's it's just beautifully done, beautifully written. It every time I, I pick up one of the books, you know, I'm gives me a chance to pause and reflect and know that you know God's around us and all these wonderful little synchronicities that are going on, which are I, I believe are just part of the divine. And then when you tie it in with dog winks, you know, we're Pet Life Radio, so anything to do with a furry friend or a fend or a feathered friend, we're all on board with it. Yeah, great. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because as we think about dogs, how they have so many attributes that are so beautiful. And when you think about who God is and the attributes that he gives dogs are very much what he is. They are compassionate. They are faithful. They love us unconditionally. They are always in the moment. They protect us and they love us no matter what. And they always want our attention. They sit at your feet, mm-hmm. listen to you, and right. laugh at all your jokes. I think they're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about how putting the stories together here in just a moment. But when you take a look at this, I know I'm putting you guys on the spot here, but you've got all these wonderful stories. You know, there's a uh, the story about the uh, dog bull at the Golden Retriever, and there's one about Bella. And they all have these unique stories or histories or these little tidbits that they brought to life. Is it even possible, even just for this book, to pick one that you're like, wow, this one put me over the top. It's touched me so much that it's my number one, without making the rest of them feel bad. (laughs) Well, you know something? I think that every single story that I'm ever involved in writing, at that moment, it's like one of my children. Or your favorite pet. It's, it's Or my favorite pet. It's the one that's sitting on my lap is my favorite at the moment. But every story uh, in this book, Dog Winks, is a favorite for a different reason. Mm-hmm. And certainly Ruby, which is the first story in the book, which I'd love to tell it to you, is the basis of the uh, Netflix movie that we are starting shooting. And the movie will come out probably next February. But that story is such an amazing God wink. And so it fulfills everything that we want to fulfill about God winks, but it also does the same for dog winks. And then there's another wonderful story that if we have time, I'd love to have Louise tell. And that is her story about her dog, Spotty. Well, you said you'd put me on the spot. Well, I have (laughs) my dog spot. (laughs) <laughs> can i tell the story it's just really Ab- absolutely yes please okay because I, I love talking about spotty my best friend ever well when i was a little girl every christmas on my christmas list the top of the list i would write dog d-o-g and my mother would always say louise you're not in her boston accent louise you're not getting a dog and i'd say mom please i just want a dog no you're not getting a dog And I used to pray about it all the time. I wanted a dog so bad. Now, I understood why my mother did not want me to get a dog, because when she was a little girl, her grandfather was bit by a rabid dog, and he died. And so my mother was so fearful of dogs. I mean, so I could understand that. But every that didn't stop me. Every year, I still would say, I want a dog. Finally, one day she was not in the best mood, and she really let me have it. And she said, Louise, the only way you're going to get a dog is if someone leaves you a dog in their will. Well, part of my prayer was answered because Mr. Stelberger, who lived upstairs from us, our tenant, he had an elderly mother, and she had a dog named Spotty. And she wanted me to be the dog sitter because I loved 
Spotty. Every time I would see Spotty, Spotty and I was, oh, he, she would just get so excited, and I'd be so happy to see her. And every time I'd leave Spotty, I'd be like a little down because I couldn't wait till I see Spotty again. So one day, Mr. Stelberger knocks on the door, and he said, I have some sad news. My mother passed away, but she left Louise something in her will. My mother said, Louise, something in a will. Would, would she leave Louise? He said, well, I'll go get it. It's in the, it's in the back of the car. And it, on a leash, he had Spotty. Oh, my. <laughs> he, said, bum, 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 bum. And he said, my mother left you Spotty in her will. <laughs> and I looked up at my mother and I said, Ma, Ma, can I, can I keep her? And, you know, it seemed like an eternity. My mother was looking back and forth. And finally she said, well, I guess I don't have a choice. So Spotty became my dog, and my mother ended up actually loving Spotty. Not as much as me, but she loves Spotty, and, and Spotty was the best ever. I love it. I love it. So, so some divine intervention, and you got her. Yeah. You know, oh, she, she yes. thought of, not in a billion years would somebody leave you a dog in their will. Come on, that's not going to happen. There you go. Uh, yeah but we also know granny and so chances are what was going through her head when she said something had been left in the will she was hoping it was money she was hoping it was money was that all a dog my mother was so funny my mother passed away a couple Uh, years ago but she lived with us she lived to be 101 and she was oh man she was yeah Yeah. Yeah. we honored her Yeah. yeah (laughs) <laughs> so, Squire, you know, when we have, you have to tell the Ruby story. Because well, let, let, why don't we let Tim run the show? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's a perfect segue, perfect segue, because as you mentioned, you know, we're talking about all these wonderful books and all the wonderful stories, and now all of a sudden, Ruby, the first story here in the book, obviously, uh, is you, right. it's going to be a Netflix well, film, which everybody uh, is definitely going to tune into. So how did that turn out as far as, tell us a little bit about Ruby, and then tell us how in the world did that become a Netflix thing? Did they approach you, or is this something you've been working on, the, so on and so forth? So uh, God is always our agent. Yeah. He's always our writing partner and everything else. So he's, always, he's our he's, streaming he's, service. Yeah, he's involved with everything. So anyway, Ruby, let me tell you the story of Ruby. Ruby was a seven-month-old pup in a shelter, Australian Shepherd, Border Collie Mix. Both of them we know, high spirit, very intelligent. But Ruby was also delightfully mischievous. So everybody at the shelter loved Ruby, but Ruby was just, she'd steal the pizza off everybody's plate and she just got into trouble. Anyway, she had been returned five times and that was the limit as far as that shelter was concerned. But the other limit was that on the last time that she was returned, she was accused of nipping at children. That got the lawyers all freaked out and so they said ruby is going to be on the euthanasia list in two hours now there was a trainer a trainer by the name of pat inman she worked with all the dogs that was going to go out and go on their interviews to help them you know put their best paw forward (laughs) and so he would work with ruby and she worked with ruby and she said you gotta do it you gotta do it you gotta be you know got to be on your best behavior. Well, when she got the call that Ruby was going to be put down in two hours, she rushed right over to the shelter and she said to the manager, you can't put this dog down. This is such a smart dog. You just can't do this. 
She said, can't you take this dog? And he said, well, I tried taking Ruby home, but I got three dogs and it just didn't work. Can't you take Ruby? She said, my husband told me if I bring another dog home, that's it. She said, I don't know what we can do. We got to do something. Can't you call the canine unit at the state police? The manager said, well, you know something? In 10 years, I've been here and they have never taken one of our dogs. They get these dogs for $15,000 from the Czech Republic. They're mm -hmm. bred for, you know, search and rescue. They, they just never tried one of our dogs. She left and she was so despondent. Pat Inman put the shelter in the rear view mirror and she never looked back because she didn't want to know what the answer was. But the manager did take a chance. He called the commander of the canine unit. Now, here is where divine alignment of God winks start to work in lives. When we step out in faith, God winks start to happen. That commander had just gotten word that his budget had been cut. That $15,000 for a new dog was cut. And he had an officer he wanted to put into the force. And so now a guy is on the phone at the shelter saying, we got this dog, and, but he's going to be put down in two hours. Very smart. He said, okay, I'll come look. That officer came and he looked and he said, all right, well, we're going to take a chance. He called up Trooper Dan O'Neill, the young trooper who had wanted to be in the canine unit for years. He had been begging to be in the unit. He had ADD and he had everything that he did in his life. He had to stress a little bit more on, struggle a little bit more on. And so now the commander was putting him together with Ruby, who was definitely an ADD dog. <laughs> and so these two partners worked tirelessly for six months. Ruby didn't want to give it up. She just didn't want. Finally, she decided that it was better to be obedient than disobedient. And they started working together with all the hotsy totsy dogs. And Ruby started excelling at every single thing she did. Fast forward two years. It's a very cold night. They get a call in the canine unit. There's a boy who's lost in the woods. The parents can't find him. Search parties haven't been able to find him. And so out go out the canine units and Ruby bolts off into the woods. And Officer Dan is right on her tail, running through the woods, through the woods. Officer Dan arrives at a ravine. Ruby is at the bottom of the ravine, licking the face of a boy. The boy has blood coming out of all of his orifices. His nose is plugged up. His, his mouth is plugged up. And Officer Dan sees there's, there's almost no pulse. But Ruby is doing the dog version of CPR, licking, licking. And all of a sudden, the boy draws in a breath. And Officer Dan radios, we got a breath. We got the boy is alive. He gives him the GPS coordinates. Then they can't find the coordinates. They're not working. They're not working. <laughs> Ruby, bark, bark, bark. And so now Ruby is barking and barking. And the other EMTs are coming. They are coming along and they get the boy. They put him on a, on a stretcher and put him into the ambulance. And he goes off to the hospital. Officer Dan says, I'm going to go tell the parents what hospital their son is at and that they think he'll live. The mother is weeping and the father is weeping. They are so grateful. And Officer Dan turns to leave. And the mother says, Officer, have you ever heard of a dog named Ruby? He turns surprised. He said, ma'am, my partner is Ruby. Ruby just saved your boy. And she cried again. She said, my name is Pat Inman. 
I'm the volunteer <laughs> who used to work at the shelter, and I never knew what happened to Ruby. Officer Dan said, that means that the dog that you saved, Ruby, is the dog that just saved your son's life. Oh, and that boy. year, Ruby went off to become, she was named the uh, hero, uh, dog hero Dog of the Year, Hero Rescue Ooh, Dog of the Year. Ruby. And now Ruby is going to be our first Netflix movie. <laughs> what a great story. And I love how it just intertwines. Everything comes back around together, together as, it's, uh, as it's meant to be. Yeah, so when you're talking about the, the Netflix movie, I mean, that's you just told the story. So are you writing the screenplay or the streamplay, I guess they call it, for Netflix? <laughs> we write the story, and uh, we're not screenwriters. And we're authors, and we have a fabulous screenwriter. Yes, Karen Jansen, who wrote Dolphin's Tale. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, she's, and a walk she's to remember. And a walk to remember. She's uh, great. But, you know, you asked him, how did we even get to Netflix? Well, Squire was doing a regular segment on the Today Show, a Godwink segment, and he would do that every month. And so Mm -hmm. he did the Ruby story. So our partner, who does a lot of the Hallmark movies with us, the Godwink Hallmark movies, he was in L.A. and he was... His name is Angel. Dan Angel, how perfect. (laughs) And he was pitching his other... He does other movies. He's pitching other movies to Netflix and... And they would say, nah, I don't think so, no, no, no. And so then he was just about to leave, and he said, well, you know, I have one more story. And he tells the Ruby story, and they say, that's the one we want. So so Dan was a very integral part of getting this whole thing done, because we live on an island off the coast of Massachusetts, Martha's Vineyard, and he's in L.A. So he really, um, he told the story great, and they loved it, and they said, let's do it, and that was it. But here's how, again, divine alignment and God winks all come together. Dan, Dan Angel, wasn't going to pitch that in that meeting because it was pitched to Hallmark, and he had only just found out that Hallmark's turned it down disappointingly and surprisingly because we always have to present three stories and then they pick the one that they want to do or two sometimes. So we were really surprised when that movie got turned down because the head of Hallmark loves dogs. But what we found out is that as much as he loves dogs, he hates to see dogs in jeopardy. And they said, this will never pass muster with the boss, Mm -hmm. because as much as he loves dogs, he would never want to see a dog in jeopardy. And And Ruby Ruby was in jeopardy in in scene number one. Yeah. 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 So Ruby's story is uh, meant to be told, not only in, in your uh, your guys' writing, but obviously on the uh, on the big screen or on the uh, little screen, however, however we put it nowadays, depending on how big your uh, television or computer screen is. So that story is meant to be. But I love that because when you talk about, you know, you guys have obviously been in the industry for years. It started very, very young, I will say, right? Of course. Your children when it started, yes. But, you know, you've been through, through all of this and just pitching to the networks, whether you have a this long-term relationship with them and they want good stories from you to create movies or whether it's something new that's a challenge because that that uh, environment's always shifting people coming and going people yeah. charge and finding that right thing that hits a button with the right person at the right time you know the way i look at it is from a conscious standpoint from a, a logical standpoint you think okay well it's just timing i've got a whole purse full or a whole uh, bucket full of uh, shows i want to present surely one of these will fit 
But when you look at it from a subconscious or a divine standpoint, you're absolutely right because he had no intention on pitting this show, or at least it was way in, yeah, right. in his big bucket. It was down in the bottom. And he's like, okay, I've got yeah. one more shot as I walk out the door because the next time I come in this door, the players may change or their needs may change or the network may shift. And all of a sudden, he just throws it out there. And uh, by divine uh, intervention yeah. there, it, it presents itself. Yeah, and, You know, I think one of the reasons why, too, that they connected to this story is that we're in a situation now in our culture, in our world, where, you know, there's just so much uncertainty, there's so much, you know, with the COVID and then some violence happening around. It's like people are mad at people, you know, they're canceling people all over the place. But everybody loves dogs. But, right. Everyone <laughs> loves their dogs. So that's a common yeah. denominator yes. is their pets. Everyone yeah. loves dogs and cats and birds and whatever. And so I think that that just brings people together. They, when people have a dog, it does, a dog, it doesn't matter if someone's a Republican, a Democrat, what faith they are or whatever. Everyone loves dogs across the board. Yeah. Absolutely. And they've got uh, dogs in their life or they did have dogs or they had one when they were children or or they harassed mm-hmm. their mom until uh, finally mom <laughs> caved in. And <laughs> oh, <my God> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll come back right after this and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the book Dog Winks. But I uh, also want to talk about the whole industry writing and in, in in talk a little bit about your guys' background as well. Because I think that's important to share to everybody. It's very exciting. So everybody hang tight. We'll come back right for this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Uh, continue our discussion with the best-selling authors of the Godwink series, Squire Rational and Louise Duart, the latest book, Dog Winks. So let me ask you guys, when everybody goes out and picks up a copy of this book, Dog Winks, and they read through it, they're going to read through it right I mean, the stories just flow so nicely. This is, a to me, a one-nighter. It's you know it's a nice size book, but to me I can't stop reading mm-hmm. it, so it, it's done. I'm going because I want all this love. I want to see all the hero dogs and all the wonderful stuff going on. But what do you mm-hmm. when you when you sit down to write this and now it's completed? What do you hope people walk away from after they read it? Well, what we are always striving for in every single book that we write is that we leave the reader with a sense of hope. Yeah, that we are encouragers for them. So every character and every story is an encourager that we're putting to work. And every dog in this book 
is an encourager and a carrier of hope that we hope is going to help people just feel better about themselves and feel closer to God so that they realize that they are never alone and that this particular book is is so exciting to us because, well, you know, we come from very shallow backgrounds. <laughs> I was the guy who brought you Schoolhouse Rock, and my yes. wife did funny voices for a living. <laughs> and so we're shallow people. As a matter of fact, we have a pastor who gave us the best compliment in the world one day when he said, you know what I love about you guys is that, is that you're so shallow. And we looked at him blankly, and he said, no, no, no. What, what, I, what I mean is... You bring them into the shallow end of the pool, and we pastors bring them into the deep end. That's when we high five. We said, yes, that's who we are. We are shallow end people. We are, and we've worked in the world. You know, we do speak at churches, and, you know, we love the spiritual part of life, but but we also worked in that, you know, down and dirty, you know, show business. And I mean, I worked in comedy clubs I and mean, you, you can't get, you know, darker than that sometimes. But, but, you know, we always felt everything that we felt God put in our hearts to do. We always put it through that filter. Does it bring people encouragement? Will people read a story or see a movie and feel better? And the fact that these are true stories, it relates to people saying, gee, if that happened for them, maybe that could happen for me. You know, there was a wonderful story in the book that, that just blew me away because it was a woman who her son was going off to Afghanistan. And he said to her, mom, can you take Sierra, this huge husky, for the next year? And she said, oh, my gosh. She said, you know, I've got this tiny little place. And I don't know if I can do that. But she loves her son. So she said, OK, so. Sierra lives with this woman, and they get along great. And one day, the woman's sitting down, and Sierra starts taking her nose and hitting, like, this woman's stomach and kept pushing and pushing, and, and it hurt. And she yelled at the dog, and she said, you go in the other room. And, and then she felt bad. She felt terrible. She went and found Sierra, this husky. And I, I didn't know that huskies actually cry. I mean, I didn't realize that around their eyes, it gets moist. And she looked at this dog and she felt so bad. And she thought, well, maybe this dog was trying to tell me something. And she was smart enough to call her doctor and say, I know this sounds weird, but it pushed on my stomach and it hurt. I I just want to see if there's anything there. And he said, well, come on and we'll take some tests. Later that evening, he called her and he said, your dog has good instincts. You have cancer. Ovarian. Ovarian cancer. And the dog found it before any of us could have ever found it. And he said, but they found it so early that we can get rid of it. So the dog literally saved this woman's life. And, you know, you hear that so often. They're even using dogs now to sniff out COVID. Mm -hmm. So, you know, dogs are just, to me, they're like four-legged angels on earth. They really are. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that. It's amazing the stories that that I have heard and I've been part of, and the things that I have seen. You know, in the work that I do with animals, and it, it's just amazing. And then when, every time I have to pick up one of your guys' books, and in particular this one, Dog Winks, it just uh, highlights that even more. And uh, Squire, I do have to give you big kudos before I, I, I let you off the the horn here or the the show here, because you know uh, you mentioned early on in the interview that God Winks has become part of a, a vocabulary. It's part of our everyday, mm. and it has. That's it's something I use uh, quite often. Stealing it from you, uh, using it. <laughs> you should. Ho- yeah, hopefully you got a nice royalty for every time somebody uses that. 
<laughs> but I have to also say you, you mentioned you did mention Schoolhouse Rock, and uh, it just the other day I just started singing Conjunction Junction. What's your function? I don't know why it was out there, and you know this that was a huge part of my childhood is uh, seeing all yeah. the Schoolhouse Rock stuff like that. Yeah. So, well, let me. I, I've got to ask you this. So, Louise, obviously, you've got a, you know, acclaimed you know showbiz history, as you mentioned, the comedian part of it, and the, the work you did with Tim Conway and Harvey Corman, who are, uh, in my opinion, two of the the best ever to do it. How do you, as here you are an entertainer and you are, you know, trying to make people laugh, trying to put on a, a great show. Squire, you're out there, you're writing, you're producing, you're doing, you know, the uh, Good Morning America, all that. And then, you know, all of a sudden you decide, hey, I'm going to start writing this Godwinks thing and then we're going to, uh, you know, make that huge and we're just going to write a bunch of books about that. How did those two things come into alignment or was it just a, another Godwink? Did it just happen that way? Everything is a Godwink. And, you know, really, if you open Open up your eyes, you will see Godwinks everywhere. Our job is, Godwinks are like gifts left on your doorstep. You have to open the door and open your gift in order to see it. And once once you start seeing Godwinks, you see them all the time. But it, it really started when Squire was at Good Morning America. He ran Good Morning America. He'd be, you know, in the control room, and they'd have guests on, and, and some guests would say, you know, I ironically, you know, or, or coincidentally, or, you know, and Squire would always perk up and think, gosh, I wonder if there's more to coincidence than meets mm-hmm. the eye. And so he really started doing something, right, sweetie? Well, I had, a, there was a, an opportunity that I had to give a pulpit talk. I didn't want to call it a sermon, but it was a little church that I was going to. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale mm-hmm. lived up the road from this little country church, and so they invited me to speak. And so I talked about a topic that had fascinated me, as I had, as Louise mentioned, for many, many years about coincidence. And, and was, it, was there something more to that? In fact, the, the talk was labeled coincidence. Is it evidence of God's grand plan? And then I quickly said, I have no idea. I'm the guy who runs Good Morning America. I brought you Schoolhouse Rock. And I don't know. I don't know. And, but, but let me tell you some stories. And so in that moment, I had an audience of adults that were acting like they were children listening to the night before Christmas. They were wide-eyed. They were nodding, and all of a sudden, I knew that I was connecting with an audience on a topic that I needed to spend more time on. And so that's when I started pursuing what is a coincidence. And then, you know, as we started talking about this book, you know, Louise and I, we would spend a lot of time talking about it, thinking about it, praying about it, we're talking to other people about it. And I had an agent who said, what does a coincidence mean? And I said, I don't know. You know, would you ask that to Mark Victor Hansen? What does it mean for chicken soup? You know, <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> and she said, if you're going to lead your audience, you have to have that answer. Mm-hmm. And so Louise and I kept talking and thinking and praying about it. And one day, this little word, Godwink, came into mind. And I thought, wow, that sounds kind of like a fun word, like Godspeed, God send, Godwink. And I knew that a coincidence was not the answer because a coincidence, if you look it up in the dictionary, it says it's two events that come together without cause. Mm. There's no causal connection. So a Godwink 
does have a causal connection. So it wasn't a coincidence. So we said, you know, maybe this is what that word is. Maybe this is the word that fills that vacancy. And I went back and into the manuscript that was the first manuscript for the first book, went through, took out every coincidence word, put in all those Godwink words, and it fit. And even more important, when people started seeing it and using it, it fit within their language because they realized subconsciously or consciously that it was filling a vacancy in the language. So now that little word has kind of taken off on its own. Over the years, it's just become more and more known, and it just becomes a tool for us to speak with. That is just so awesome. I just love that. You guys have, you are leaving such a great legacy. There's more to come. And now you're, you're official. That word is there. You brought it about. You brought it life, and, or God brought it life, I should say. Yeah. So, but I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I don't think there's anything other than being in the dictionary. I don't think there is any coincidences. I think it's all a uh, part of the plan. I think we all have a purpose. And I yeah. think our dogs and our animals have a purpose, uh, a great purpose. And I think the only difference between us humans and our animals is they understand and accept their purpose a lot better and a lot easier than we do and work every day at that purpose. We often wander through life trying to figure out why we're here and uh, maybe spend thousands of dollars in therapy trying to figure it all out. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. It's true because in all the animal kingdom, it's like, you know, they they just, or the lilies of the field, as as they say, you know, in in the word of God, how, how one sparrow doesn't fall from the sky that our father doesn't know about. Sparrows, birds, dogs, they don't toil. They don't, you know, stress like we do as humans. They just are in the moment. And that's how God wants us to be in the moment. It's to receive all that he has for us. He says, don't be anxious for anything. And so that's what we should do. That's how we should live our life. Just live it in a way that we're going to just enjoy it, have joy. That's right. I love it. Live the life of our animals. Live a dog's life. And the best way to do it is pick up a copy of the book, Dog Winks, and read all these wonderful stories of all these wonderful dogs and all the hero work and all the the things they do to touch our lives. So this is uh, the true God wink stories of dogs and the blessings they bring dog winks. I'm really thrilled to have a chance to chat with you guys again. It's always a pleasure, always super fun. The book is fantastic. So keep up the good work there. Where can uh, my listeners follow you and keep track of what's going on and uh, all that wonderful stuff? Well, thank you, Tim. And we we love uh, spending the time with you. You can go to godwinks.com and uh, that will connect you to where we are, where we're going, what's going on. Our Facebook posts, uh, Louise does Godwinkers on Facebook, which is a group, which is more prayer oriented because Godwinks are always an answered prayer is always a Godwink. And so that's another definition of a Godwink. And the Facebook page that I run, which is uh, Godwinks, facebook.com slash Godwinks, it has um, about 290,000 people, and we share stories there all the time. So we'd love to hear your story. Go to godwinks.com and share your story and watch the Hallmark movies and the Netflix movies, and, and we'll be happy campers. That's right. Well, they'll make everybody else happy campers, too, and it's, uh, they're going to have to put the roller skates on to keep up with you guys. Can't keep up with you. So much going on. Thank you once again for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Everybody pick up a copy of the book, uh, Dog 
dog winks. Uh, you're going to love it. And uh, obviously go on to the uh, social media sites, keep track and join, join the fun, tell your stories as well. So we'll look forward to everybody doing that. So thank you once again, congratulations. And we'll look forward to chat with you guys uh, some more down the road. Thank Thanks, you. Tim. All right. Thanks, Mark. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. If you have any ideas, questions, or comments, or people you want to hear from or be interviewed on the show, uh, drop us a line. Drop us a line at PetLifeRadio.com. And while you're there, uh, check out all the other wonderful uh, hosts and shows. It's a whole cornucopia of great entertainment at PetLifeRadio.com. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put in a book, an article, a blog, get the message out there, and who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.